It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. I love when we do this. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. How's DC? DC is good. I was reminded actually the last time we recorded while I was in DC, there's still a urine smell in the streets. But other than that, it's good. Yes. Yeah, everything (laughs) smells like pee. Y'all, Rebecca and I are apart again. I feel like we act like this is a unusual thing for the Schmodcast, but it's actually been happening a lot lately. Yeah. It really and I wonder if this will just be kind of our normal. It's like every couple months somebody's like a long distance doing something. Schmod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um if you didn't mean mean to be listening to this, just FYI, this is called Schmodcast the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rachel and I'm Rebecca. And this is episode episode, excuse me, episode 36 titled Opposites Attract. Mm. Um, this is the podcast that's just two platonic life partners with opposite schedules right now. <laughs> I love the name. That's good. That's good. It's good, right? Thanks. Um, and all I can think of, is it a Paula Abdul song that's like, two steps forward and two steps back. We go together because opposites attract and you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I th- I know the song. I think it's Paula Abdul. Well, that's a future. Yeah, correct. Coming your way. Yeah, I, think I that's know. Right. And I mean, I I sang it absolutely perfect. So if you didn't yeah. get it from my rendition, there's no point in googling it. Well, you just haven't heard it because that was pitch perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> perfect. So. Um, well, I've got a really hard hitting intro question for us again, Rebecca. Are you ready? Lay it on me. What's your vibe lately? Mm. Generally, lately, it's been um, pretty breezy, pretty, pretty chillaxed. Oh, breezy. This morning, this morning hasn't been like that because it's like wrap all these things up before I go on a really big long haul flight. But in general, yeah, I've been pretty cool. Pretty cool. Wow. I know. I know. And Breezy vibe. I thought you were going to say party vibe. Mm, there's been some partying, but I think that's because I just have had extra time. I was at a conference last Amazing. week where I just didn't have, uh, well, I didn't have a jam-packed schedule. I had like one speaking session, mm-hmm. which is fewer than I normally do. And I was on purpose just going to like attend sessions and visit with people. So I just found myself with lots of moments where I was like, huh, what should I do next? And that was really nice. Huh. It's rare. Yeah. I might start doing yeah. that as like my new normal at conferences. Wow. I know. It's because I got that Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm just like, hi, here I am. You can finally rest on your laurels. Yep. Yep. And that was, it was a lovely conference. It was nice to actually be totally present and like enjoy Mm -hmm. the event that everybody put on and get to support first time speakers and things like that. And then I came back to DC and just hung out with all these wonderful people that I love and adore. There was a rooftop party. Oh, and I learned a new line dance I'm going to teach you, Rachel, when I get home. (laughs) You learned a new line dance. Of course you did. In DC, not even in Texas. No, 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 no. It's in, it was in DC at a rooftop party. Um, yes, that's my vibe. What's your vibe? My vibe is like also pretty breezy, but I've been really good at making new routines for myself. I've been Mm -hmm. doing like 
a lot of alone time at the house and special projects around the house. Like, I feel like maybe I went into this alone time not completely exhausted, so I haven't needed to use the alone time to just like decompress. Instead, I've been like excited about little things I can do around around the house and on the computer and like in my life. I'm, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we're both just like really slow maxing our way through these last couple weeks. Well, I guess I can't really say I'm slow maxing in terms of my behavior. I'm doing a lot. It just like <laughs> feels really natural and really good. And I do have to put some effort into it. I have to like, I'm being very intentional about making things. Like I've been going to the gym and Frisbee and like sometimes I don't really feel like going, but I'm like making myself go because I know I will enjoy it once I'm there and I'll feel better afterwards like that kind right. of thing same thing gotcha. with some of the house projects like sometimes I'm like Ugh, I could just lay on the couch and watch Game of Thrones forever Game of Thrones throwback people that's right she's <laughs> watching it again oh don't do any spoilers what if people haven't seen it yet I know right no but sometimes <laughs> I'm like I could just watch Game of Thrones all day and then I'm like no get your ass out into the garden and then I get out there and I'm there for hours and it feels great you know, I, I'm just so tickled to hear that you're house frowing. Like I like to do that. You're just like yes. w- working on all these like little, not secrets, but like future delights for me to enjoy when I get back. Yeah. I see them. The difference being, I do think that when you are our house Frau for people who don't know, a house Frau is when <laughs> you're like <laughs> basically, um, like the house spouse in a like non heteronormative relationship. It's just, the person who's mostly doing fun projects around the house and keeping things going, keeping the house running. Yes. Um, when you're when you're the housefrau, you like to have a lot of secrets, and you're like, when Rachel comes back, I'm gonna surprise her with this garden. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, no, I want to share all of it with you immediately. I want you to know in real time that I like bought a new pegboard to hang our pots and pans on. I and I like that. Do I withhold like is it would you like to know and meet real time? Is that something? No, no, I me? just think I, I think the difference is like I need a lot more attention and validation for my projects than you do. Oh, yeah. I just I I've really I'm just with like it's me and Sarah McLaughlin and we're like building a mystery for Rachel. Yeah. It's gonna be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, I'll just play that song over and over for myself next time you're house frowing when I'm away. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. put it on, the gecko puts it on the, son, the sonos for me. You know what I think part of it is, is I think that you tend to like research things and make them like really perfect. And so I think sometimes you're, you're not telling me about it till the end because you want to, you want to like make it, tie it up with a bow before you show it to me. Whereas yeah. like, I think my process is a little sloppier. So I, mm. I'm like showing it to you the whole time because I, I actually don't know how it's going to turn out. I was just talking to somebody recently about this, that we're both like highly effective people. Like there, there's nobody I trust more to get whatever shit done than you. But because our methods are so different, it's sometimes hard for us to like co-collab. Oh, we just delegate. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not so much It's a full divide and like conquer. We, yeah. We ide- we ideate together, but the execution of the projects is very individual, and I think that works well for us. <laughs> yeah, and it, and and it like lends itself to different types of projects become under like my domain versus yours. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We like assign them. <laughs> I just remembered we literally have a list in our in our shared um, list app that's like when I was delegating house projects to you because I was overwhelmed. I was like, these are yeah. what Rebecca does. 
Yeah, did I forget? I forgot to check that like recently. Is there? Oh, some we both stuff? we both completely forgot it because this is also my my ADHD is I have like a thousand different ways of organizing my lists, and when when one of them isn't novel anymore, I forget that it exists and it goes yeah. away. Yeah, my new favorite list is our HOA list. That's the really the only one I yes. check these days. <laughs> That's a good one. I need. I'm going to tidy that up too. Anyway, this is not interesting schmodcast material. I know. This I'm so sorry. Everyone's anyway, clicked off. <laughs> Let's do some connects and corrects, shall we? Okay. Do you want to uh, do our first one? Yes, I do. So on our last episode about Princess Ruby, our beloved cat, um, your mom Marmy said that one of her favorite things about Ruby is how she and Toby got along. That's also one of my favorite things about Ruby. <laughs> do you want to explain what that means? Oh, yeah, sure. But I mean, people should go back and listen to that one too, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so when Ruby was a kitten and she was new to the household, I adopted her after I got Toby, who was my dog, and um, she broke into the cupboard where her food and his food was, but she only got Toby's treats out and shredded the bag open so that he could eat all of it. And uh, Well, yeah, but I think Marmy just meant in general that she was like, one of her favorite things about Ruby is how Ruby got along with Toby. I just wanted you to explain who Toby is. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were, I was, I thought you meant the no, memory that no. I had. Okay. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> People should know who Toby is too. That's like an important part of the schmond is that uh, is my beloved beagle who passed away a couple of years ago, but lives forever in our hearts. I also was hoping you could explain to folks um, one of our new favorite things about Ruby is when she has to wear pajamas. And why did you buy her pajamas and why does she have to wear them? Yeah, so Ruby has, sometimes she licks herself until she gets like a little bald spot, which could turn into a little sore. And that's what happened to Miss Ruby. And then I needed to get an ointment and put the ointment on her to fix the sores. Well, she licks the ointment right off. Well, that defeats the purpose of what the ointment is supposed to do. So um, we used to just distract her with treats for a couple minutes to let it marinate. And then I thought it would be more effective if I put her in a bodysuit where she couldn't access any of the (laughs) sores. It's like a onesie. It's a onesie, a full onesie, like little cat leotard. And this one is white (laughs) with like little flowers and honeybees all over it. It's so cute. She does not like it. I made her wear it the other day and she acted like she was immobile. She was like, like could not move her limbs. Her eyes got huge. She made me carry her around like an infant. It was amazing. (laughs) And the way that it fits her because it's it's actually meant for like a small dog because I couldn't find one for like <laughs> the only cat ones they had were for the um what are those hairless cats that need warmth uh-huh. yeah yeah and that was I didn't Ruby lives in Hawaii she doesn't need a coat she just needed an ointment protectant so that's yeah, actually yeah. meant for a small dog which is why it fits her skin tight she looks like a little sausage <laughs> she's so cute in it I love it so much I suppose we could try to do like a cone of shame of some kind for her but According to my light research, it, it's easier on them to wear a bodysuit than a cone. She would spend all and her time trying to get the cone off. Yeah. Get the cone off. Poor honey. I know. Well, shoot. Well, another little connect and correct here. We did have some input from Uncle Tim about clouds. And I, he texted this to you already. So uh, I just wanted the whole world to know that Uncle Tim says during the long cloud tutorial, I probably would have been the one who volunteered to go make snacks. <laughs> Thank you for validating me, Uncle Tim. Yeah. Thanks, Uncle Tim. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate appreciate the feedback. I found it interesting, and that's what this is about. <laughs> yes, it's doing whatever brings us delight. Um, we had a vote um, for our Bette Midler, Chuck F. or Mary to to include Bette Midler and Ruthless people, which I hadn't thought of. And and this the person who submitted this did not indicate whether it would be a Chuck and F. or a Mary. Just Bette Midler in the movie Ruthless People. I think she was terrible in that movie. So probably a Chuck. I think a Chuck. I mean, I hope a Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you also see our little, that we got some praise for your conch blowing? I did. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, it's so nice yeah. to hear from the fans. Said you did a good job. <laughs> uh, I wanted to make a little connect and correct to say ciao to our friend JP who started listening and is currently in Italy. So if you're there, JP, ciao, bello. Yes, buongiorno. <laughs> Also, I wanted to tell you, JP informed me that I've been calling the trees in our backyard the totally wrong name. Um, the the like really nice forest trees are actually called Podocarpus. Mm-hmm. I think I got it right this time. I've been saying like Porticollis or something stupid. Yeah, I thought I thought we were doing a joke because I keep calling them Papadopoulos's and you were calling them Porticollis. I know, I like Papadopoulos. <laughs> yeah, nope, it's po- Podocarpus. Podocarpus, he enunciated for me. Podocarpus. Podocarpus. Please correct us if we're still wrong. But also see how all three of those words sound exactly the same? Papadopoulos. It's a Papadopoulos. It's a subset of Papadopoli is the Podocarpus. (laughs) It's the Podocarpus, exactly. Well, that's good. I love learning things. So um, thanks, JP. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Aunt Nance sent us a Slomax suggestion. She gave us a Slomax song, which I thought was a really interesting, um, well, actually a playlist. Um, The album Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme by Simon and Garfunkel. I feel like even just, I mean, knowing it's Simon and Garfunkel and hearing the title of the album is itself a Slomax. So if Mm -hmm. anybody's looking to have a nice Slomax day and you need something to set the mood, we recommend that that album. It's awesome. Very chill. And without having heard any of the songs on it, it makes me think you should probably cook dinner to it, just based on the name. Oh, I would fall asleep, I think, trying to cook that dinner. It's very chill. Cook it really slow, like a slow cooker. Yeah, slow max cooking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think I've shared this with you yet. Our other awesome connect and correct is that I actually got an email from a listener who says, hey, I just listened to your mailage episode. You two are hilarious and charming. I love how positive you keep everything and you genuinely seem to love each other's company. I laughed out loud several times and thought the part about kissing to seal a contract was hilarious. <gasps> Thank you so much. I we really do like really, each other's company. We do. We do. And I really liked it because I especially the last couple episodes, I noticed that like, one of my love languages is that I do kind of like razz you sometimes. And I've I've been like working on that in my life. I think I grew up with a lot of people who um, like teased each other, like to the point of it not being very nice. 
And that Mm -hmm. was a form of like expressing affection and intimacy with each other. And I've been working on that as an adult to be like, that's actually not nice. I just want to say nice things to the people I love. But I, Mm -hmm. but we do still tease each other sometimes. And every once in a while I get self-conscious that on our episodes, it comes off as kind of cruel, even though I know that like, you know, because out of context. Yeah. 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 So I was really happy to hear that, like, to an outside listener who doesn't really know us that well, personally, they were like, you genuinely seem to love each other's company. I'm like, oh, good. That shines through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I have one to add that um, when I was at the rooftop party, I can't mention enough that I got invited to a rooftop party. (laughs) Um, one One of my friends who I didn't even think knew we had a podcast, the first thing he said was, I listened to two episodes. Oh, my gosh. And when he introduced me to another another friend of his, um, he explained the podcast, and he actually said <laughs> that you and I sound like we're um, auditioning for NPR. And then he referenced yes! the SNL sketch about sweaty balls. Oh, sweaty balls! Mm. Which is totally our vibe. Sometimes, sometimes we it really is. take it really relaxed. <laughs> yes, yeah. I feel like I end up interrupting that with a lot of like. At some point in the episode, but um, well, because people that's are it's, often it's underneath. It's, yeah, yeah. It's because people are often driving. Which also shout out Tucson and Leandria. Thank you so much for yes. listening. Thanks for listening um, and for having a rooftop party. That sounds fun. yes. So you have to kind of interrupt with your excited squeals because if they're driving on a long road trip, we don't want keep them, them asleep. Got to keep for them safety. Awake. It's, it's actually safety. Uh, my public service, my contribution. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, I have one more fun connect and correct for you that's actually like a little bit lengthy because it's a it's an audio clip. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. So my my connect and correct for you is that I interviewed some people at Frisbee um, to ask <laughs> them um, a, how often they shower, mm-hmm. and I'm going to share this with you so that you can listen live. We've done this before, folks. We can make it happen. All right, I'm at Frisbee in Hilo getting some anonymous feedback from folks. Uh, How often do you think people should shower and uh, how often is soap involved in that showering? Well, it depends on the person. I think what they're eating, uh, (laughs) how hot and sweaty it is out there, what kind of clothes Mm. they're wearing. Me personally, I like to shower usually about twice a day because I work really hard. Twice a day? Yeah, I work really hard in the yard. I'm sweaty by 10, 11 o'clock. I come in, I shower, uh, do some other stuff. Of course, I'm retired. And then in the evening, before I go to bed, or usually right after dinner, I'll take another shower. Okay. Get all cleaned up. Do you use soap each time? I use soap. I I try to use a very natural soap. I'm very particular. I don't use any soaps with artificial fragrances, artificial preservatives, colorants. I'm kind of a Whole Foods kind of shopper. Do you use soap on every part of your body each shower? Uh, usually every part that I can reach. Okay. Uh, sometimes <laughs> the middle of the back is tough. Okay, okay. Uh, inside the ears, I'm a little sensitive. Okay. Uh, way deep in the orifices, no, no, no good. okay. But usually outer orifices, yes. Okay, okay. I'm astounded and I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a clean machine. <laughs> Major. <laughs> All right, we just heard from someone who says he showers twice a day and uses soap each time. What about you? How often do you shower? Oh, I'm, I'm only half as clean as that guy. <laughs> Just uh, one shower a day, sometimes nights, sometimes days, always soap. Every day, though? Every day. Even if you're not sweaty? Well, 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm okay. always a little, I'm always a little sweaty. Okay. Some people yeah. are stinkier than others. That's right. Okay. So far, we've heard from two people, both of whom shower every day. One of them showers twice a day. How often do you shower? I shower once a day. I always use soap, and okay. I wash my hair once a week. Once a week for the hair, once a day for the bod. Oh, yeah. Every part of the bod. Yeah, I can't go to sleep without a shower. Okay, it's a nighttime shower for yep. you. Okay. Always. Okay. How about for you? I'm a twice-a-day shower. Twice a day! There's so many showers at this Frisbee. Okay. Yep. Twice a day, soap every time. Every part of the bod? Not hair. Not hair. Hair okay. once or twice a week. Wow. Okay, I'm learning so much today. Okay, so far everyone I've interviewed says that they shower every day. What about you? Not even close. Okay, how often do you shower? Twice a week or after workout. It's a max of four times a week. Max four times a week. Twice a week if you didn't work out at all, but anytime you work out. Yeah. Do you soap And on... special occasions. And special occasions. Do you... What, what <laughs> constitutes a special occasion? Uh, nice dinners, seeing people I haven't met before. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And hanging out with me. He mm, no. No. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so far, a surprising number of people interviewed shower every day, some of them twice a day. How often do you shower? I shower twice a week, twice actually. Twice a week, yeah. So Sundays after Frisbee, and then I kind of, sometimes if I feel a little greasy midweek. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. And do you use soap on every part of your body when you shower? Um, only once a week, but like the other day, I'll do like, the hot, hot areas. Spots. Yes. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. We're yeah. a lot more in line. I was starting to get a complex after hearing these people shower twice a day. Twice, when, when do you have time to do that? I just, I don't. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised how many Ultimate Frisbee players in particular are showering twice a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also heard, I didn't get this on, I didn't get this recorded, but someone explained, um, and it wasn't his quote, it's like apparently in the in the vernacular, hot spots can also be referred to as like any place skin touches skin. Okay. Like okay. that that's what you should use soap on, like crevices. That makes sense because of the like, you know, environment to grow things that you don't yeah. want growing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are your impressions? I um, love everyone that spoke. It was fun, actually, because I've been gone for a while to recognize some voices. Um, yeah. Clean machine was probably the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, everything clean he said machine. was so good. It's a clean yeah. machine. The outer orifices versus inner deeper orifices yes. also really tickled me. Um, okay, so yeah, I the twice a day I'm surprised just because I've had like dermatologists tell me that that like causes skin to dry out and can create like acne well, situations. And I wonder if you're using a natural soap. If well, that's, that's what got me difference. thinking. That's yeah. why he he really he really listed off all the things that his soap does yeah. not include. Um, so yeah, maybe that's part of it. And then um, to also rounded out the like where do they find the time like the discipline it takes <laughs> it really doesn't take that much time though actually so I realized after doing these interviews that because of all the yard work I've also been showering a lot more I think I've been showering mm -hmm. like five to seven times a week and it's yeah. occasionally twice a day for me too but when it's just because I'm like sweaty from yard work it's more of like a rinse off and use some like hemp soap 
Exactly. So maybe maybe that's what some yeah. people are referring to as a shower, like just getting naked and wet and rinsing off kind of counts. Right. Yeah. Because I, I think I'm sort of a combo move of all of the things people mentioned. Like definitely yeah. there's a there's a bonus shower for special occasions. Totally agreed. And then yeah. anytime. Yeah. Like normal days. I'm, I'm sweaty, so I rinse off, but that doesn't mean that I'm, like, washing my hair and, like, getting out the loofah to scrub, like, pumice stone my feet. Yes. That's, like, a, that's a I, weekly endeavor. That's, that's less frequent. I also am, I'm no, no, I'm not yucking anyone else's yum, but I'm grateful that I wasn't raised to be a person who, like, must shower at a certain time every day. You know, there are folks that are, like, I can't start my day without showering. I can't finish my day without mm-hmm. showering. And I just, I would find that kind of limiting since I don't have that urge. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like it to be more like, I feel like showering now instead yeah. of I yeah. must or it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when traveling, which is what you're doing right now. So. Yeah. The, then you have to be strategic about shower access, especially yep. when you're transiting through airports and stuff. Yeah, shower yeah. access and towels and all the all mm-hmm. the stuff. Yeah. Well, that's all of our connects and corrects. Can you think of anything else that we should have connected and corrected? It was a pretty long sec- segment this time. Yeah, this was jam packed. I think if we have anything, we try to save it for a future episode. You know what's so funny is you've said jam-packed twice now, and that was my backup name for our episode besides Opposite Attract. It was going to be jammies. Oh, it's a catchphrase. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know I had one. How funny. It's like just circulating between us. All right. Let's hot tops. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Let me go first, just in case yours is better. We'll end with your show, with your showstopper. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so my hot top is because I watched a documentary on Netflix recently um, about mermaids. Oh my gosh, you you watched that? I have it on my list, but I haven't watched it yet. There's no spoilers, I promise. We're not going to spill beans here. But it just... Um, and also, hey, hey, Cheryl and Tig, I'm sure you watch our pod- listen to our podcast. So I, um, yeah, it got me thinking about just like mermaiding in general. So I thought I would like share with you yes. what it is, why it's important, and then encourage you to watch the documentary. It's very, very good. So for anybody who doesn't know, mermaiding is the practice of wearing and often swimming in a costume mermaid tail. The uh, mermaiding practitioners are sometimes called mermaids, professional mermaids, or water ballerinas, which I thought was a really cute name. Yep. Sometimes mermaiding is seen as an extreme form of cosplay, um, just because of all of the crafting of the tales that they do. And there is actually like a conference now that um, mermaids go to, to just... Yeah, to like exchange tips and tricks, and they're starting to be like really big, like tailors who make custom tails for fancy mermaids and stuff. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So I'll just without boring this on the history, but you know I love facts. Um, Annette Kellerman, who's an Aussie from, she was born in the late eighteen hundreds. In the early nineteen hundreds, she um, was credited with creating synchronized swimming. And she was also a vaudevillian performer. And so in addition to like how much she loved swimming and synchronized swimming, she put on a mermaid costume and was in like some movies, some talkies in the early 1900s. 
So she's the first woman to ever be, or first person ever to be filmed as a mermaid underwater. Mm -hmm. So she invented basically this entire concept of mermaiding. And um, it got really popular here in the 80s because of Splash with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. So good. I think that movie and The Little Mermaid are the reasons that I don't, I don't necessarily identify with being a mermaid, but the idea of being able to live underwater was like really, okay. really cool to me. I used to love pretending that that was real, a reality for me. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think you were a sea creature in a previous life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The mermaid part, not so much, but like definitely the living underwater, maybe an octopus. It would, yeah. It would have been hard for you to have been a mermaid since they're not real, but you're saying it would appeal to you right now to like be an octopus. Yeah, exactly. If I could be an octopus, I would swap immediately as long as we could still hang out. Yeah. We could. Um, So I'm I'm reading a book about a woman who becomes friends with an octopus. I think you just recently read it too. Remarkably bright creatures. Yeah. Yes. You could hold my tentacle. It would be so fun. Sweet. Um, so anyways, they're, um, also <laughs> professional mermaids or freelance mermaids, um, had took over, like, I guess showed up on the world scene in 2004. And that was when the, the term mermaiding became like part of the zeitgeist. There's, um, they mostly do like photo and video shoots or they'll do like private parties. And like, sometimes they'll even pay these mermaid professionals to swim in actual aquariums, like with sharks and stuff as like, as like a gimmick to attract people. And, um, they're also a lot of times they're, um, ocean activists. So a lot of these people get into mermaiding as a way to, um, attract attention to like ocean acidification or overfishing concerns or marine pollution. And I thought that was really cool. Um, there's another documentary we're going to watch together called Mission of Mermaids, A Love Letter to the Ocean. So maybe you, me, and all our fans, we can watch that and maybe talk about it in that a future so episode. Can, can I interrupt just to ask? I, I still yeah, don't of quite understand. What is mermaiding, though? Like, maybe this is just a sign of how limited my imagination is. But, like, it literally just means <laughs> having one of those yeah. tails and getting in the water. Like, what do they do yeah. once they're in the water? Just, like, flip Thank around? Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. So, yes, it's a broad <laughs> term. If you've put on a tail, you're mermaiding. That's what's happening. But, like, I can on put on the, the tail and get in the, in the pool. I get in the pool and I'm like, I'm mermaiding. And I just sit there. You're mermaiding. You could sit there. You don't even have to be underwater. Okay. Um, it It is quite dangerous if you want to just drop yourself in a pool and start doing <laughs> underwater slow motion sexy swim where you let the bubbles like come out of your mouth all nice oh, and easy I don't, for photo I don't want to do that don't worry I don't want to do that so those are the people who tend to be called professional mermaids as opposed to just like mermaid I don't know amateurs or whatever it would be if yeah. you and I flopped on fins and jumped in the pool um there are, so there are people who like they're an attraction and they're because they don't want to mess up the illusion with like a big scuba tank backpack it's um it can be really dangerous they have to be able to hold their breath for a long time yeah to be underwater and there often are like these tubes like filled with oxygen that they'll come swim over and grab kind of like that um caterpillar in alice in wonderland you know that like long hookah pipe he had They'll go grab those and get themselves a little bit of oxygen and then keep swimming along. And they'll stay underwater for several minutes 
or they'll have like scuba divers like in corners that will let like they'll signal to them and they'll give them oxygen. But what are they doing down there? They're just swimming and looking cute. Yep. Yep. The ones that are there for attractions. Yeah. I mean, the main the main concept of mermaiding is that you're you've got your feet bound and you're kicking like a you're doing a dolphin kick, but they do it really slow and it's supposed to be like ethereal and magical. And people okay. like to watch them float around, but it's all very like slow motion-y kind of like ethereal movements. Yeah. Okay. But it's mostly just an aesthetic thing that people are like, wow, look at the mermaid. They put glitter on their yeah. cheeks and they go for it. I love the costumes. I just don't, I just don't really understand. And I need to watch the documentary. I don't understand what they're doing down there. Yeah. And maybe that's just... a slow max thing. Maybe they don't need to be doing anything. Yeah, I think they're I think they're mostly just being seen. I mean, some of them have like little gimmicks where kids or whoever whoever is paid to see them, they'll like toss something in the pool and the little mermaid will slowly dive down and grab the like gold doubloon and bring it back. Uh, <laughs> there's uh so this has become so popular that um Patty, which is the place that certifies scuba divers, has a mermaiding class. You can go oh learn. Oh my goodness how to flip your fins like a mermaid in a pool and then they also teach you about um like breath holdings like on purpose yeah. apnea so that you can hold your breath for a long time like um free divers it's the same class uh-huh. um so because people sticking their legs into like a fixed fin and like constricting half their body from being able to freely swim is dangerous especially if you haven't been trained the, a lot of like public swimming pools have banned it. So don't think you can just buy oh. a fin and go to the pool and just drop it. You have to check to see if they allow you to mermaid. Um, okay. Our local pool does let us do that though, Rachel, in yeah, case you're curious. I know because we've seen, we've ne- I've never seen her do it, but I've seen the lady coming out of the pool with her long mermaid fin. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be fun to try, but I also think it might be like a little unnatural. To, I don't know if I would like the restricted movement. So, well, I mean, if I you know. want, we, we don't even need to get you a tail. I'll just tie your feet together and you can see what that's like. Well, yeah, let's do that. But then you'd have to staple like a, pit, a fin to the bottom of my feet. Because like part are of they, it is you get that extra fins? Fin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, the I, bottom I part is a plate. Okay. The fluke part of their tail, like the bottom part, that, that gives them extra propulsion. Otherwise, yeah. like, you would basically just drown if you just, like... I mean, not no, drown, drown, but you wouldn't... No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't move fast if you didn't have a flute. I, you just told me they're not moving fast. They're, like, slow as shit, just flopping around in the water. Well, if they're doing sexy, come throw a doubloon for me, it's supposed okay. to be slow. I Here's would do we'll fast do. mermaiding. I'm a mermaiding like, maven. I'm afraid you're going to go buy, like, an expensive mermaid tail. So I just want to say... We will put some. <laughs> we will put some snorkel fins on you on your feet, and then tie your legs together. That's good. That's a there good idea. Go. Okay, that's going to be great. Um, I'm excited. So we're going to go do mermaids yeah. for a day, probably at the beach. You know what I would really like? <laughs> I, I would like to be like basically a mermaid clown, where like I have the whole outfit and I look like really ethereal, and I have like my hair and makeup and like glitter and shit. And then I get underwater mm-hmm. and just like f- flop, and it's the most unattractive thing you've ever seen in your life. But we all pretend like it's really magical and beautiful. 
Let's do it. I cool. also, um, when this is the only, it's not a spoiler, but my only thing I'll share from the documentary is that they have like these really big, colorful, like cotton candy wigs on and they get in the water with them. And I, I know. Just I don't figure out how they how didn't fall works. off. It's special. They have it glued to their heads. The last thing. Okay. And then we're done is okay. Patty also has an article about how to speak mermaid. And I thought no. you would especially no. enjoy this. Yes. Because there's a language. This is so pontastic, you're going to pass out. Okay, so first of all, shallow, that's how you say hi. No, no. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wait, this is officially... Uh, no, no, no. The best no. hot top I've ever had. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, it's or not good, you, Rebecca. It's not good. Do you think it's, do you think it's fantastic? No, I don't <laughs> think it's, I don't think it's fantastic. <laughs> Aren't these so dumb? <laughs> They're really bad. Well, anyway, this is definitely the last time and the no, last No, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all, she's so proud of herself right now. She is so proud of herself. It's so funny because like Patty is considered like a really serious like certification well, program with rigor and it cracks me up that they have an article dedicated to these glossary terms. You know what it is? I bet you anything Patty was like these mermaids are going to fuck up our industry. Everyone's going to put on these tails and drown in the ocean. <laughs> so they were like we need to do a certification so that we can like keep them safe and and they're like what what appeals to people who want to like dress up like a mermaid and flop around underwater and call it a sport or like a profession? They're like puns. Let's be let's be as stupid as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So these are your people. That's all I'm saying. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not saying mermaids are stupid. I think a lot of the people who do it are actually probably really interesting, but I got to watch this documentary and and you find absolutely out have to it's amazing yeah it's amazing I can and there's wait. all all different all different people and and creeds and every type of background which is which was really really beautiful to see wow. there's not That's you know, one kind of mermaid it's really cool. kind of like all the cosplay people yeah exactly they're just all united by this like copy or passion that they have yeah yeah it's like yeah, it was really nerds cool. unite yeah <laughs> awesome great hot top um well, my hot top is about neighbors. So, oh. which is kind of interesting. We both did stuff about people this time and like what people are into. I was thinking about the reason I'm doing neighbors is because we have amazing neighbors. Like I mm-hmm. have been spending a little time with our neighbors here in Hawaii and I was reflecting on how we just had a wonderful relationship with our neighbors in DC. And I've heard from some people I mean, I've heard this before, but recently someone also told me that they like literally do not know any of their neighbors, like have never spoken to any of them, do not know who lives next door. And that's just not been our experience with neighbors. Neighbors have been a really important part of our lives, especially in D.C. Mm -hmm. So I was going to share just like a couple little stories about how awesome our D.C. neighbors were, like um, how amazing Halloween was on our street. Like everyone Mm -hmm. would sit out in costumes and give candy and like kids would come from all over to go door to door we lived in a neighborhood that was like row houses so it was an easy place for trick-or-treaters fourth of july was cuckoo bananas on our street everyone got into it like came out and lit everything on fire um (laughs) (laughs) during covid19 it was especially important because neighbors were helping each other like 
get the supplies that they needed. We were sitting on the front porch um, with our neighbors, Nat and Anna, being like socially distanced and outside, but they were far enough away from us that it was safe, but we could have meals on our porch and like really just share our experiences and be part of a community, um, even though it was like a really scary time, including one time we babysat for them without even entering their home. Like they just really needed to get out and do something and they brought us their baby monitor. <laughs> Yeah. So we could just like make sure their child was still alive, but it worked from our house. That's how close the houses were together. So we could just like <laughs> watch him and they could leave the house for an hour, which was so cool. Um, people like gardened and shared things with each other. There was a time I, I forced a neighbor to take many handfuls of loose cherry tomatoes from our <laughs> garden home with him. And we later became <laughs> friends. I mean, just neighbors have been really important. And so I, I, I've been Googling a little bit just about, like, what are, like, the characteristics of good neighbors or why are some neighbors closer than others? And there's actually a surprising number of studies of, like, research about what makes people good neighbors and why neighbors are important. Some of those, some of the articles I found gave just really basic things like they seem so obvious to me. It's not even, it's not d worth diving into. It's just like how to be a good neighbor. It's like introduce yourself, invite people over, share small kindnesses. Right. But I also, mm -hmm. I did like that they synthesized um, the reason neighbors can be so important is because you can help each other. For one thing, like there's mm -hmm. the positive contribution to each other's lives. And secondly, um, to avoid disputes, like neighbor disputes, mm -hmm. I think, are a major cause of stress for many people the world over. And so getting mm -hmm. to know each other before any disputes arise about property lines or trees or like we had a neighbor once who complained about something to us and it was it was really mm -hmm. um confronting at first and and we ended up like writing him a nice letter and like dropping it mm -hmm. off for him and and things just to to try to keep your home a place that you feel really comfortable and safe mm -hmm. um a lot of the articles i found were especially about farmers um which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I guess who your neighbors are as a farmer is especially important. And some of the tips they gave for farmers were about like keeping your yard looking nice and building a vegetable hedge between your yards, uh, mm. which I thought was interesting. That not oh, vegetable, is it because of the is it because of the pollen and stuff that you could cross-pollinate between crops? Yeah. Maybe. Or like that would make sense. Different types yeah. of treatments could like negatively yeah. impact your neighbor farmer. That's a really good point. Mm. I hadn't thought about it that way. But then like to really dive into neighborly stuff, the last thing I did here is I, I printed an article from um, Business Insider about HOAs homeowners okay. associations da, da, da. so cool. one of because neighbors are important and because people have a hard time introducing themselves to each other and we need help avoiding disputes um, a lot of communities have a homeowners association that actually like collects fees and then has rules and is required and and, and makes you like abide by those rules but as you and I have discussed before, homeowners associations are basically super, like the history of them is super racist. Uh, right. So here's this article from 2020 from Business Insider. Just a little quick background. Um, you know, owning property is probably the most 
important way that Americans try to build and maintain wealth in America for, for the next generation. And black Americans in particular have been excluded from buying in certain neighborhoods for a really long time. And after, basically after the, um, after laws were passed to prohibit um, racial discrimination in the selling of property, homeowners associations were one way that people could continue to discriminate legally, basically, subtly and legally. Um, so they're, they're extremely common still. I thought this was interesting too. An estimated 60% of newly built single family homes and 80% of the homes in new subdivisions are part of HOAs, which is mm. more than I expected. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, and a recent report found that neighborhoods with HOAs are less racially diverse and that less regulated cities have higher HOA premiums. Um, so basically, HOAs are, are still found to be, like, they're facilitating segregation. Um, even if that's not the purpose of them, it is how they are acting. Um, one of the gotcha. ways that HOAs continue to uh, facilitate segregation is they can... Uh, discriminate by offering preferential treatment to white homeowners, which can be really subtle. Like a lot of black homeowners talk about HOAs um, applying rules to them unfairly that they haven't applied to white homeowners. It's a way for, for homeowners to complain about their neighbors and then have the HOA board, um, which is generally speaking um, majority white in most communities. That board then mm -hmm. has the power to like uh, enact penalties on the person that the dispute is against. And so right. unsurprisingly, a lot of people in our generation are not really into HOAs. 52% right. of boomer aged homeowners like their HOA, but only 39% of millennials and 37% of Gen X homeowners like their HOA. But especially because it seems like the point of them is to make everything homogenous instead of letting you yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but even though our generations are not into them, they are still growing in number. What? Yeah. So this is a public service announcement to remind all of you people out there. And it's not that HOAs in and of themselves are evil. It's that we need to reform them to make sure that they are treating people fairly, that they are doing what they're actually designed to do, which is to facilitate community, help us make our communities reflect what what is right and what is good and what is mm -hmm. safe for everyone in that community uh, to protect mm -hmm. minorities within your community. That's what HOAs should be doing. Um, but um, right now, a, a main focus of HOAs is to drive up property value by limiting competition and basically like enacting discrimination. Mm. Keep this in mind. Uh, local laws can be passed to mandate that HOAs be more equitable. And if younger homeowners would become more active serving on their HOA boards, you could change potentially discriminatory rules. You could ban problematic board members, etc. So even though most people in our generation are like, I don't like HOAs, it's actually pretty important for us to get involved so that we can mm -hmm. change it from within. Like if you are a homeowner, 
you have every right to that HOA as everyone else does. And this is it, the, the HOAs are governed by you, by the homeowners. So if someone is being unfair or unbiased, you can get involved and you can vote them out and you can help change those policies. So let's do it. Are you are you announcing your candidacy right now? Are you going to no. run? Uh, oh, no. I got really excited. But I do think I'm going to start going to the meetings. Yeah, I think I think so too. It's distasteful. And I'd like, I'm not, I'm not actually interested in being involved, but I, I'm starting to feel like it's my civic duty. Yeah. Well, we'll just sit in the back and talk shit. <laughs> we at least make <laughs> ourselves aware of what's going on in those meetings. And I think probably exactly. where we live they're they're less, the racism aspect of it is probably less uh, clear than it was. Like if we had bought our home in DC, I think that would have been perhaps like, more clear, but actually, I think what they're mostly I talking wonder. about is suburbs. Well, yeah, and, and like anything that wants like the gated community kind of concept. Yeah, I, I'm still curious about ours because um, we we live in a place where it's not majority white, and I wonder who's active in the HOA on the like, HOA because it's like a white yeah. creation, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's a white construct. So we should look into this construct. and sleuth yeah. it out. Yeah. Yep. So everybody, um, get on your HOA. See what's happening. Make it better mm-hmm. and just be aware of the the racist history of it and therefore like mm-hmm. question their practices. If there are things that seem that people are just going along with because that's how it's always been on your HOA, um, you can change that. If you are not a homeowner or don't have an HOA, awesome for you also, but be aware of this. And when you hear other people talking about it or when you're um, learning more about like the struggles that people go through in their communities, um, be aware of HOAs and make friends with your neighbors. Just make like actual one-on-one friendships with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think about, I was never really friends with my neighbors when I lived in apartments, but then, um, became, it became more friendly when we had the type of neighborhood we did in DC. And then yeah. I was reflecting on like reasons why, it might be hard to be friends with your neighbor if you don't have like the setup where you're out in the yard. Like that's how we meet them is like in yeah, passing. Yeah. Um, I was yeah, lucky. The, the apartment I lived in for so long in Morocco, I made friends with neighbors because their children approached me. Like the kids were always outside yeah. playing and they were like yeah. curious about me. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, otherwise I do think apartments are almost intentionally designed for you to like not meet each other. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's partly because instead of an HOA, you have the, like, property managers where you can just complain to them if there's a noise thing. Right. Like, they just facilitate all the conflict for you. Yeah. And you would rarely, like, um, need something that you couldn't just go get yourself. Well, especially if you're in an urban environment where apartments that's tend to saying. be. Like, I yeah. could just, yeah, I can door dash it, whereas living out in the country... You have to yeah. really know your neighbors and rely on them. Yeah. yeah. That's true. What a great hot top, Rachel. Fun, Thank right? Thank you. Opposites mm-hmm. attract, and you know, and step forward, and two steps back. And so two good. steps back. So good. Okay, outro. Are you ready? Yeah, lay it on me. Okay, what is one new exciting thing that you're doing before we meet again, and one routine or habit that you're maintaining? Again, opposites. Something new, exciting. Something routine or habit. So. I'm doing something that might be considered one of the most exciting things I've ever done in my life, which is oh my gosh. in just a handful of hours, I'm getting on a plane and going to the Maldives. 
and um, it's peak season for snorkeling, swimming with whale sharks and manta rays. Uh, uh, so that's what uh, I'm doing. Uh, that's what I'm going to do before I see you next. What about a routine or a habit that you're maintaining while you travel? It's um, two things, walking every day and trying to sleep at least like maybe I can't sleep eight hours, but I will be in the bed for eight hours a night. Awesome. No matter where I am, making sure I do that each night. Yeah. That's really good. I'm proud yeah, of you. It's just because things are so topsy-turvy, the, the walks are really, really good for me. And that also gives me, it guarantees alone time too, which is really important to me. How about you, Rachel? Oh, man. So I wrote this question and I have like a thousand answers to it, but there's one thing that answers both of them. And that is the dust buster. <laughs> I, I bought us I bought us a new dust buster and it's my favorite fucking thing on earth. It sits in the living room. It's new, but it's also routine because what it is is what happens is when I see the dust buster, I'm like, oh, I could clean something and I just pick it up and I do a quick just a real quick, ooh, under the couch is dirty. Not ooh. anymore. Oh, the mm-hmm. top of this furniture is like a little dusty and has crumbs on it. Not anymore. It's clean. So um, I'm really excited about this dust buster. <laughs> How <laughs> clean is that ottoman right now? The one that sits it's in the middle so, of the living room. It's so clean. And guess what? Our furniture gets dirty really quickly because Princess Ruby brings tracks like little clumps of litter on her little paws. I don't know how she does it. She brings them out and know. then gorgeous gal just like lays there mermaid style, like luxuriates, like <laughs> flops her little tail around, cleans her paws and leaves like little b- bits of hair and stuff. And and um, yep. not anymore because as soon as you see it, you're just like see something say something full-time dust buster queen over here i am i have like never been so excited about a home cleaning product as i am about this black and decker pets plus um dust buster that we now own cordless cordless oh that's the real trick that's what you need is cordless yeah like I, I like sometimes I see it and I look at it longingly. I look around me. There's nothing dirty because I've been dust busting everything. And I go find something else to clean, Rebecca. Yesterday, I cleaned under the oven. It was dirty under there. This is amazing. I'm it's so good. You're so excited about Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So that's both both something new and exciting and a routine or a habit. Mm. See yeah. something, bust something. That's so yeah. good. If and maybe I just realized dustbuster might be like a regional term. It means a handheld vacuum, you guys. It's like a little vacuum oh. that you could use to clean your car. I wonder if maybe not everybody uses the word dustbuster. Cordless handheld vacuum. Yeah. It's so good. Anyway. That'll help people. You also listed the the brand so then everybody can rush out oh. and buy one. Look look it up. Yeah. Wow, I mean, and I Googled <laughs> and found I, I think it, I've been doing a lot of like wire cutter articles. Um, mm-hmm. I've just like been mm-hmm. going on some deep dives about things I need to buy. I, I'm like replacing all of my underwear because I Googled like what the oh. best underwear is and I'm getting it from three different brands. Like these are the things that are happening while you're away. 
Um, and I just have this to share it with really you. really exciting. Yeah. Are these your yeah. 40 before 40? Is that what I'm seeing? No, but I do have a off? list. I do have a list. So y'all, I'm, I'm turning 39 pretty soon here and I'm making a list of 40 things I want to do before I'm 40 to, to do in that year. And I have a pretty awesome list going and I'm going to crowdsource it and get some suggestions too, but there's some awesome. cool stuff on there. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. You should be. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is well, so this has been super good. Folks, if you want to contribute anything, a hot top suggestion or a correction, or just want to tell us how hilarious we are, <laughs> you can call and text us if you know us or email schmodcastthepodcast at gmail.com. Find schmodcastthepodcast on Instagram. You may not know this if you're not a mega Instagrammer, but Schmod the, the Schmodcast Instagram also has a... a an image for every episode and it's usually something that Rebecca has glitzed uh, <laughs> with, with sparkles and sometimes fun filters and neon colors so check that out yeah they are available if you want a print I can just text it to you, so, you, know, <laughs> you can frame it and put it in your print. house yep <laughs> uh, well have an amazing time in the Maldives can't wait to talk to you when you get back Thank you. Have fun, uh, Dustin and Buster. I will. I really will. All right. Beep bop uh, boop bop. Beep bop. Beep boop boop. Beep bop boop. boop. This has been a Rebetchel production. Proud sponsors of Rebetchel B Day Extravaganza. Doing.